Uh, to the young men out there, don't get fabric softener. <laughs> Cause the world's trouble. Welcome to episode 186 of the Off and Be podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to follow, like, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell on all apps. But most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. And uh, nothing uh, gets you to suck some titties and some wrinkles out of your clothes from that snuggle. Um, <laughs> I, well, hasn't really been a snuggle fest recently. All right. Um, <laughs> but, like, why would they have the fabric softener next to the laundry detergent? Like, I, look, I'm not a... It's like under the aisles, it has hay. Laundry. So I'm assuming liquid equals clean clothes. But apparently I've been made aware it's not the case. Um, I guess I should get a clean slate. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think they smell great. I mean, I don't see any dirt, stains, or being a pain. But you know what? I think it's great. Um, uh, but yeah, recording this at 12.39 p.m. Eastern on March 28th, I think. Yeah, March 28th, 2023 for the archives. Uh, one day my catalog is going to be so big. Someone's going to buy me like a, like a Beatles, like the Beatles are, you know, like those musicians when they get like. 20 years down the road and they own their shit. Then they like resell their stuff for like $500 million. Sell their whole catalog. Which I really understand how that goes. It's like you literally just sell all your music. And then someone owns it. And then they make money off of it. Because everyone already has access to the music. So I guess it's like at that point just like hey. Now we make the money. It just redistributes who gets the money. Uh, but yeah, uh, I wish I was a spider. I think the beautiful thing about being a spider is that you can just kind of be wherever. You can kind of be in the hot, you can kind of be in the cold. Uh, but uh, they can't do nothing to you, but yet when you see them, for some reason, they are very intimidating. Is it the eight legs? Is it eight legs? Is it eight arms? I don't know. But the fact that it just kind of looks like a little, it looks like a big old gelatin. They're just walking gelatins. Like, have you ever seen a gelatin and it's just kind of like in this oval, bumpy shape? Kind of like a corgi's butt? That kind of like a spider is like a corgi's butt, just with like eight tentacles. Um, that'd be kind of weird if someone had like a spider fetish. Like, hey, which I'm pretty sure that exists because, you know, people want people dress up as animals during sex. Like, hey, dress up as a dog off snow dogs, you know, dress up as like a husky. And it's like those weird anime fetishes where someone dresses up as a husky and stuff and it turns you on. Which, didn't that just mean you're in the animals? Um, well, I can be an animal at times. <laughs> an animal cracker. Um, 
<laughs> Underrated snack, by the way. Um, but I can't even remember the last time I've seen animal crackers. I don't even know where you buy them. I feel like they're like a seek. I feel like they're the only place you see animal crackers is at schools. But you, you can't really just find them in grocery store. I don't know. Um, but I swear, if, if some girl ever came to me and said, hey, I'm really into it when spiders, like she has like this little box of spiders and just puts it on you like you're on Fear Factor. Like it really turns me on. If you do this, I swear to God, you will have the greatest sex for life. And I'll be like, you know what? No, not a. I'm not, my spidey senses say otherwise. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, would you rather be in a bed of snakes or a bed of spiders? Both start with S. Um, this is an SOS. Um, I think spiders. I feel like the spiders. It would feel. It would be two different feels of fear. The thing with spiders, it feels like a bunch of little, if you had like, if you were in a box with like 50 spiders, right? It would just be these little feathery touching things all over your body. You would probably be itching and tickling until they start biting the fuck out of you. But (laughs) it would just feel like these little fur balls all over you. But if it's like a snake, but if you're in like a casket full of snakes... Then it's just like slimy. Then it's just like gooey. Then you just feel like these long, slendery salamander feeling things all over you. I actually think the spider thing would be more... I would actually be more scared being in a thing with spiders. Because the spiders is just like all these... It's like the little things add up, right? Little things irritate me more than big things. So big snakes, like, oh, fuck it. It's over at this point. But all these little spiders, if they're just, like, all over you, it's like, you're going to find all my spots, baby. Um, <laughs> well, I guess it depends on the type of spider. Like, I don't know what I want. Furry spiders are not my thing. I Like, would you rather be, like, a furry spider... Like, I think a furry spider is more scary. You automatically assume if you see a furry spider that that shit is poisonous. It's going to bite your ass and, like, suck the venom out of you. But, you know, we see these cute little blue spiders like, oh, my God, look at it. And those things actually are more dangerous because they just, they're very habitable with other animals. Oh, Jesus, Clinton, you can't breathe. Um, But yeah, anyways, yeah. But if I ever went on a date with a lady and she dressed up as a spider or an animal in general, like, I would feel like Steve Irwin. I'd be like, crikey. (laughs) Um, But, gosh, shut up. God, uh, inconsiderate people, um, but yeah, no, like, but yeah, no, powder, like, I fucking hate powder, laundry detergent, it's the absolute worst, it's nothing but clumpy, 
It's just these clumps of mothballs all in your fucking clothes and shit. And it just adds these blue weird ass stains and shit. So that's why I prefer liquid. And uh, I guess you could call it the liquid courage. Because your boy's really sticking it out there. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think fabric softener is fine. Um, <laughs> uh, but Jesus. Uh, I think I might start going to church though. Because I, I feel like I need to do stuff that accesses different dimensions of a different potential spiritual life, right? Like, I think spirituality is kind of bullshit, uh, to be honest. But, I do think everyone should at least try to access a type of feeling outside of what's obvious that we live in. And Jesus is this supposed figure that's this big deal. And some people will say he's a demon. Some people will say he's, you know... Uh, God or Jesus. Um, but one thing that's very in common is that he's a very divisive figure. He makes people feel a lot of things. Whether you don't believe in him or you're not religious or you are religious, he makes you feel something. So I think maybe I should start going to church. And, you know, I've gotten invites to church from people and I might have been like, yeah, you know, I don't know. Not really my thing. But, I don't know. I think this upcoming Sunday, upcoming weekend, I might. Because I think that... I think there's maybe something. And I think it's important to try to reach outside of yourself. And I'm trying to be more open-minded. I'm trying to be more... Um trying to connect with something outside of myself. And at least at least if at least if some some like Jesus, if I try to connect and try to invite that in my life, at least there's other people I could relay that with. At least like I can actually go somewhere and go to one of those bullshit, you know, FCA clubs with people and where you talk about stuff that supposedly they've been reading for 40 years but they still need to talk about it. It's like if you've read the Bible for 40 years, like how many times you need to go over the verses with each other to remind yourself. It's like if it's not hidden, it's not hidden. Um, But at least with that, I can actually comfortably go in a safe space and access those parts. Uh, Potentially, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm going to be religious or convert. Obviously not, but at least not at this point in my life. But I do want to at least... Uh, join and be a part of a community, even if it's completely like loony bin type of people. Like even if it is complete like outliers, like ugh, like you know, sometimes you get around people like oh this guy, he's really deep into this. But you know, I think when you get invited enough, that means that maybe people think that you bring value to that thing that religion well it's hard to think that i would be the one to you know bring more value to a religion that's quote unquote been around since the beginning of christ or before christ technically i guess but 
if you add value to something, why not? If you add value to a community, why not? And I would have to change things in my life, but I think change would be good. I think maybe I would have to cut back on other things. Maybe, you know, work less. Uh, Maybe work out less. Maybe do less of stuff that I deem to be self-driven prophecies and actually have prophecies. It's funny how when you're talking about things, the word just, it's just this jambalaya of scrabble. And all these words that are synonyms to the religion come out prophecies. This fucking guy. Um, and I just said his name in sin. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, maybe, maybe God needs to hear from me. Maybe he needs to hear my point of view of where things have gone wrong in the world. Maybe people need a fresh take from me. Maybe I should be a pastor and actually go up there and give my point of view and preach. That would be cool if they just had like, you know, they have open mic nights for things. What if, like, what if they just had open preaching day? Like, hey, you know what? Open preaching. Anyone come up here and just spew out what you feel. What you want to pass on. Uh, but I think maybe uh, the Lord could use some pointers from me. I think people who have been doing this shit for 20 years need an outsider to come in. Sometimes you need a consultant to reevaluate what you've been doing. Maybe I'm the guy to consultate the whole religion of Christianity. Maybe I'm that important. Maybe I'm getting lured into a cult. Which... I guess technically all religions, all groups of things that involve groupthink is technically a cult. I think that's technically what a cult is. When groupthink is led by belief instead of uh, logic or ethics. Because religion isn't about ethics when you actually think about it. Religion is not about doing right or wrong morally. It's not really about that. Religion is supposed to be... A likewise way of thinking. And when you get enough people to think a certain way, it is technically the right way to think. Even if it's not really the right way to think. It's just groupthink. Anything where a group of people just kind of think it is groupthink. It's just likewise. It's likability. And maybe... You know, maybe I'm being lured into a cult. Like, I I don't know. You know? I think think there's worse things you could be lured into. Um, You know? People don't get that tongue up when people get lured into student debt. That, you know, that puts you in a bind. Um, I just think that I would be a great preacher. I I think sometimes you need people who don't read... (laughs) You need people who don't read, who don't actually know what the hell is going on technically in the religion. And sometimes you need an outsider to come in and clean things up. But seriously, I, I, I do think that I, I might start actually going to these type of... May start going to services or may go and do like group events where like... Because from someone that invited me in my gym, it was actually someone previously, but there's actually another person that invited me. 
And they invited me to a exclusive dinner at their house that they have every, they have once a month where they have like 10 or 12 people from their church or close friends and stuff. And they just kind of have like a, um, a bonding night. Sounds a little like something else, to be honest. Um, someone leave the pineapple out, baby. Um, <laughs> is it bonding or bondage? I don't know. There's only one way to find out. Um, <laughs> well, his wife's name is Lisa. And every Lisa I know is kind of a whore. Um, <laughs> well, not the one the Simpsons, because she's underage. Ugh, that took a dark turn. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I was invited to, like, one of these bonding dinners where they typically try to invite like newer people to kind of comfort them and make them feel more comfortable and be open and honest about their reservations or their kind of concerns or why they've been apprehensive to even really take the next step you know as they say take the next step um it's like you're just one step closer Clint come on but you know I think it would be Good because I want to like, I want to kind of actually feel firsthand of someone's connection to a higher being or another being, however you want to put it. And I think sometimes when someone's shouting at you from a third person to try to convert you, it obviously turns you off. When someone who's a little too close to you, per se, like let's say you have a friend or a family member that's trying to convert you or something, that turns you off because it seems like there's too much vested interest for that person wanting you to think and live like the way they think to justify their purpose of living. So it's like kind of like an outsider that knows you in a certain capacity, but doesn't have incentive to whether you convert or not. It actually makes you more open-minded to to actually listen. And so this is how they lure you. This is like pick up dating one on one, but you know, for the church, this is like recruiting. It feels like JROTC senior year. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, instead of pulling up, we'll be a uh, crisscrossing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think going to potentially like this dinner, it's I think two weeks from now. I told them I'll think about it. Because I kind of want to see, like, hey, you know, I don't know, you know, I think to actually be in an environment, actually maybe see firsthand of what having a guide in your life can do for you, whatever that may mean to you. I'm someone who I kind of guide my own path. I don't, I don't believe in someone or something leading that for you. I think your life experiences... You're kind of will intuitively kind of guide you in your belief system and what you want to do and all that stuff. But I do think sometimes we need sometimes like a fallback barrier to kind of ground ourselves, right? But so I, I've been thinking about going to this thing and I think like, you know, it'd be interesting. By the time I post this, I'll probably be about that time where I went or I didn't go. Um but I don't know. You know, I think they seem like decent people. It seems well-meaning. And it's something that, for the first time, I've actually considered. Because I feel like sometimes when you only have your own belief system and guide that you are so stern on, sometimes you can only go so far with it. Because you only know what you know. 
in all of our life experiences and all of our um, directions is so oval shaped. And sometimes we just kind of see through this telescope type of thing. And we think like, oh, if we just have this sense of direction, that's all that matters. Like sometimes you need a broader way to actually force yourself to actually challenge what you do. And to be challenged by other people in your species who are living in the present day in society is kind of counterintuitive because you all have the same incentive for why you want to do things a certain way. Because all the rewards that we have, whether that's money, whether that's status, whether that's um, just whatever it may be, like you all have similar incentives to learn someone or not. So you need something that has no incentive of whether you believe or not believe to actually make you be more open-minded to potentially see what is out there. So, um, I don't know. I think it's interesting. It feels like this is like a setup to one of those movies where you show up to this big old house and it's this big table like on Scary Movie and then, you know, Grandpa Nanner deps his hand in that banana pudding and then, or for the longest time, I thought Scary Movie, I thought it was banana pudding, but it was actually mashed potatoes. Um, <laughs> a little numb hands, boom, boom, boom. Now, if I go there and there's dude with like numbs for hands and he starts smashing like loaded mashed potatoes in my face then you know what i don't think god's for me but you know we'll see um i think they're vegan anyways so that's a red flag within itself um but you know maybe uh maybe i maybe just for the experience of having something to talk about on the pod maybe that's more than enough for me to justify going but i told him i'd get back to him next time i see him at the gym so i don't know but yeah, uh, I am Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it, I think I would be perfect to be in a Christian movie, though, because Christian movies—it's like they're belligerently terrible. Like it's weird. How Christian movies, Christian music. Christian music can be so like, like you feel like, holy shit, like, I feel God and God feels home. But then though, I like a rhythm and the melody is like, damn, this shit's actually kind of fire. This shit actually kind of hits. And then you're in the car, next thing you know, it's like, damn, I'm sniffling a little bit. God does want me. Um, <laughs> that's how it'd be on 97 Won the River back in the day. Um, It'd be just like some jamming guitar with some slow bridge and it would amp up and be like, but my Lord and Savior, help me. Um, and you're like, damn. Yeah, help me. Help me. Um, but it's weird how like religion, like Christianity is such a taboo thing to oppose or challenge, right? And I was watching a video and I was watching a channel that I watch, Alex Eubank, I think. He's, he's you know, he's religious and stuff. He's Christian. And I think the thing that could, as I just said all that, the thing that could kind of turn people off from who are not Christian watching is like in the comments section. This one dude said, hey, 
love the love the channel guys but let's not forget espions don't forget the reread so you can remember espions 5 semicolon 9 and it was something about no filth of the mouth even impaired like shut like god damn it the dude it's a leg day video and then the whole thread was just like people like yeah and also don't forget corinthian love shall and then there was something about a dog like i didn't even know there was a dog verse in the bible um well we do treat our animals pretty holy treat them better than people unfortunately i believe if you did a study of who people feel more empathy or sympathy for is it a homeless dog or a homeless man I guarantee 8 out of 10 people would be the dog. Because the dog, it was hopeless and all this stuff. The man, he had a choice in life and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, but dogs are supposed to be out in the wild. Like wild dogs are. They're supposed to be able to survive. The only reason why a lot of dogs couldn't do shit or leave the house or cats is because we basically neutered, literally neutered them, domesticated them to the point where they can't do shit. People in the world of society we live in, we are not built to just sleep outside. And it's a weird thing because every day that I leave the house nearby where I live, I drive on this one road and there's this church nearby that every day they essentially on this car outside, they'll have like food and whatever for the homeless because it's like homeless people, they gravitate together because it's their form of community. I, get, I actually believe that homeless people probably have more of a community than a lot of people that are, you know, have housing and doing all right for themselves. Because when you're homeless, like, you got a lot of time in the day, for one, not even being funny, but like legitimately. Um, and... You have like-minded people who are going through similar struggle, who empathize and feel what you're feeling, and you both you're in desperation of need for things. So, and you typically they typically have a lot of similar problems because the environment sets up for them to have the problems they have. I'm pretty sure homeless people, majoritively have more community than most people with like jobs where most of their days most of the day is spent at a job where yes like yeah like at in a workplace you could be friends and stuff but you're not like getting deep in the weeds with people you're not talking to people about your problems like 99 percent of people you're just kind of like talking like hey what's up homeless people it's like you you know you're talking about hey man where'd you sleep last night it's like Actually, I slept by the bridge, you know, all this stuff. And then they're like, oh, man, what bridge was that? You know, and then like, oh, man, we should like sleep under the bridge together, you know. And then they say, you know, they're sleeping under the bridge together. Um, it sounds like I'm kind of being dead, but I'm actually not. Like, I think. I think that people actually lack community, kind of going back to what I was talking about with why I think I'm seeking to even entertain the idea of entering, not entering, but like starting to visit and being more open-minded to letting, letting the Lord seethe my blood. Um, is because 
I think I need actual community. I do. I think we all need more than just like some friends or a significant other. I think we need like people that we meet up with in a group minded and you have like group talks that connect with something and it leads to other things. And I think we, because things are so like, as much as things are privileged and as much as things are taking care for us in the, you know, the country we live in for the most part, is that sometimes when you have that, you, you sometimes, there's not a necessity to do things that is natural for humans. Like humans have always needed community. We've always needed to bond. We've always needed family. We've always needed these things, but... We have access and all these advantages and all these cool things we can do. Sometimes those things can kind of be swayed and lost. So we almost have to make time to do that. It's like we have to make, when you think about it, back in the day, they didn't have to make time to exercise. Their whole life was exercising to hunt, to literally go from one place to another, involve their body, move and exercise. They have to spend and make an hour and a half a day to be healthy. Like their life was forced. Their body had to be able to perform those things. Now we live in such a weird, we live in such a, uh, I don't even like to use the word, but we live in such a fortunate world where we actually actually create discomfort. We have to actually create community. And so, I think that, you know, we, uh, we need, we need fabric softener. Nah, but we, we need, uh, I, I do think that community is a very important thing. And homeless people have the most community. I mean, they don't live in community housing, but they have community with each other. Um... They may be doing some bondage, but probably a different type of bonding. Um, homeless people probably be the best parents because they could offer you things that just involve pure love. Because that's all you need. That's all you need to raise a kid is just love, right? No. Um, <laughs> it's funny. That, that's why when you see those Scientologists, like, you know what? All you need is love, care, and that's all your child wants. Like, yeah, your child also needs, like, you know, not to have to worry about where they're going to live to. Um, <laughs> it takes more than love. But love is a big part. You know, without love, you know, I would always lean on the side that a kid is better off being raised by love and very little money than by a lot of money and very little love. Both have its downsides, but at least with love, you can you can always learn how to make money over time. Um, in life, you may get a late start. But once you've been conditioned to be unloved and have that type of feeling in your heart, that's a really difficult process to get out of you. So, um, but yeah. But no, I, anyways, going back to the point. Um, <laughs> like the, when you think of it, like, we have to actually create time to do things to cause discomfort or to cause our bodies to feel like they're actually doing something or performing. And 
we have to do the same thing with like meeting people back in the day like everyone lived in the area everyone went outside and just talked and walked back hey there buddy old pal like you know we had a horse all that shit like everything was right there people were forced to interact now you can never leave the house and make you can make a living you get shit delivered to your house you don't have to leave and do nothing if you don't really want to Things are just too accessible. There's no strife. And I think discomfort forces you to have a social aspect to your life. Uh, to have a source of community. I keep saying this word community. But yeah, I don't know what else to put it. We need, we need each other. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There was some big message and all that. But yeah, today's sponsor. Um, we got a new sponsor, guys. Actually, it's a reoccurring sponsor. Dunkin' Donuts. You know, whenever this podcast actually ever makes a single dollar, my first sponsorship, I feel like, should be... It should be those ghost energy drinks that used to give you guys like those crazy ass pods before, you know, I actually became sane and settled down, you know. God, I feel like a dude that fucking just like got married and yep, this is good as it gets. Nah, but like in terms of like just, I don't have enough problems in my life. I need more problems. Um, But yeah, if I ever get a sponsor, Duncan. Take a shout out. I know you guys got money. You guys could basically just reimburse me all the money I spent on you in the past four years. Well, really, only the past like four months because I didn't pay for shit for three and a half years. Um, I've been with you through it all. Um, I want my child support. Um, <laughs> I want my spousal support um, because you guys actually shorted me a few checks, to be honest. Um, but hey, we ain't going to talk about that. Uh, it's in the past. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I just believe love is a very, you know, someone actually told me yesterday, they said love, I think, I think this is what they said. I could be completely wrong. I think they said, no, actually they said something completely different. I was about to say, they said love is the most powerful energy, but actually they were talking about spirits and stuff, and they said uh, negative, oh no, they said fear is a entity's strongest uh, gravitational pull, like people feed off that, but it actually festers, fear and love is like the most powerful things that run this world. Because now we have a fear of loving and we love to fear. Ooh, Clint, look at Clint putting shit together. Even though I feel like that's probably been said like at least 200 times today somewhere. Um, People love to fear and people fear to love. Because the incentive for either to happen doesn't work in your favor. When you actually think about it. Now I think about it. Because if you fear to love... 
if you fear to ever love, whether it's love again or just love in general, you are missing out on having that return to you. Because the only way to really receive love is you have to put yourself out there enough worth receiving love. And I know that kind of, oh, well, you shouldn't. Like, no, nah, you know what? You, you have to put shit out there to get shit back. It is what it is. You are you are what you put out there. If you put out the ass, you'll get in the dick. Um, <laughs> that's not where this was supposed to go. But if you love to fear, then you may be able to love and shit, but... You're not really willing to love to a fearful state where when you start, when you love something so much that you fear how much you love it, that's when you know you have something that's worth having. So either way, it takes a lot out of you because you're either resisting what you naturally feel or you're acting out, but then you don't have control of it. And that's when people like completely just are shattered and dismantled. Don't know what to do with themselves. And that's why I need Jesus. Um, <laughs> that's why where this Jesus loves you. I don't know if he loves me, but he loves some things. I think a demon just looked at me. Um, <laughs> waking the demon. You know. I look at this bracelet every day. I have this voice in my head that tells me. You don't need to be wearing that. But. I don't know. Every time when I wear it. I just feel powerful. I feel like. Jesus loves me. And. Look. I'm loved enough by enough things. By enough people in my life. But. To have something that. Six billion people on earth love as well. I don't want to be the one person that doesn't. I think it's overrated to stand out. It's okay to fit in. It's okay to love Jesus. I really feel like I could be a pastor though. I feel like if they had like like I know it says if they had open mic night at the church, I would just be like I don't know if Jesus loves us, but I know we love him. Yes, you're damn right, boy. Um, <laughs> preach. Be like, I don't know if Jesus wants us to be here tonight, but where else would he be? Um, <laughs> I'm such a fool. Um, now, I don't know if Jesus is going to create a better tomorrow, but I know he's here tonight. It's like, great, is tomorrow going to be better? Because if not, my car is getting towed. Um, it's like, who cares? He's here tonight. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, someone loves us. Even if no one loves you, just know that someone loves you. Even if it's out of, you know, pityness. Like, ah, oh, I pity the fool. But no, it's like, even if it's out of like, Sadness, like, oh man, I feel bad for this guy, but I love you, man. It's like that's still love. It may not be the most form of unconditional love, but you know what it is? It's a feeling of compassion. And maybe, maybe as a man of untethered, 
untapped potential this young man is. I think that if, like, if Jesus were an actual being, right? Let's say Jesus just came down to earth for like two hours, right? And let's say he decided to just sit down and talk with me or any one of us. Like, honestly, let's just say you could ask him anything and he would answer honestly. Like, what would you really ask the man? Why would you ask him questions that he's already told you happened? Like, hey, so did she really buy the, hey, did she? I would be like, I would be asking this man like, hey, so. Like. Do you like watch me masturbate? Like, does that bother you? Like, how big is your dick, Jesus? Like, these are the things I want to know. I want to know, is it really a sin? Like, if he was alive for the type of asses that these girls have today, do you think he would tell you to wait till marriage? I don't think so. I think he, I honestly think, he said wait till marriage because he's like, hey, like, all these girls, all these bitches are basically the same. Like, you might as well wait till marriage, you know, at least, you know, protect some shit. If he was alive today, he would fucking be, he would be Nick Canning these bitches around here. I I know. Oh, don't call these girls bitches. It's like, you know what? I I know some stories in the Bible. They did some heinous shit. All right. Um, but. Like, I honestly think if Jesus was alive and current, he'd be like, hey, look, that wait till marriage stuff, hey, if you can, all the power to you. But I'm not going to hold you accountable. Like, you think if he was alive with Lori Harvey or Donna Lee, do you really think if he saw those girls twerk and dance, he would just be like, nope, my, my great discipline is better. It's like, nah. He would think about it. If Queen Latifah, like Queen Latifah is low key sexy as hell. I don't, you know, I'll say it. I've always found her very attractive. She's like a very, very, like, she's like that. Like, she looks like she could beat like a legitimate man up, but she's not like manly. But. She feels like she could like beat you down, but she wouldn't because she is that loving of a person. But she'll beat the bitches up. Um, <laughs> but Queen Latifah is like, she's charismatic, but she's in these movies nowadays. It's like you forget that she used to actually like spit bars type of shit. She's actually just like a beautiful, naturally built woman. And that's what I like about her. And I think if Jesus saw Queen Latifah, he'd be like, that's my queen. Um, <laughs> he'd be like, Fuck, you know, all you fucking king and queen people. You talking about, oh, I'm the king of this castle. It's like, shut the fuck up. Like, you pay 1100 a month for rent. You're not the king of anything. You're literally making someone else more money. All right. Can't call yourself a king. All right. Um, wearing those king and queen shirts. It's like, you guys aren't even together. You have two children with separate people. You're not the, you're the king of dysfunction. Um, 
Yeah. But yeah. I I think I I just think if Jesus he he would adjust the Bible to modern times. You know, we always revise things as time changes. How can we never actually revise like hey, like you know what? People always talk about they speak to Jesus, you know, they they speak to other things. They they have whispers and stuff. It's like telling me no one has ever had a whisper of Jesus being like, "Hey, you guys have it pretty good." Um <laughs> Um, and what something that's not revised, like that, like in the Bible and all that stuff, like it's not revised in there about child support. It's not revised in there about spousal support. If you know someone wants to leave you after four years, and it, like there's no clause in the Bible for that because it's not for that. But you would adjust with the times, and I'm all I'm saying is that I think uh, me and Jesus have a. Uh, I think we, he may be the first guest on this podcast. How about that? Hmm? I may, I may do like a sex talk with Jesus. Not like actual talk about sex, but maybe like a imitate, imitate like some, like a call girl, like some phone sex. That would be a nice segment. Having a segment with me and a random girl. Well, a girl I would know, not like complete random girl. And we just do like a live, like how we would, like how you would talk with someone in phone sex. Or like if someone worked for a phone sex company and you were a customer, you kind of play along. Like role playing. I think that would be a fun segment. Shit, it's a, this is the Off and Be podcast. We do whatever the fuck we want. Um, <laughs> all right. I think I'm going to end it there. It's 1.20 in the morning and I can't breathe. Um. And I'm honestly, I have nothing else to talk about. I think I overstayed my welcome here. But yeah, I guess I'll keep you guys updated if I go to that dinner. All right, guys. Love thou Christ. Don't forget, that is episode 186 of the Off and Beat podcast with Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, and the notification bell on all apps. But most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. And, uh, oh, Jesus, he would agree. All right, guys, have a great one. Oh, Jesus, my nutsack.